Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose, going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations, going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Our guest today is one that I've been excited to talk to for a couple of weeks. His name is Forrest Cooper. He is with the Redacted Culture Cast. Forrest, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. Thanks, Fauci. Yes, sir. So, Forrest, uh, you and I met through way of uh, Jared at OTG, Jared Arsenault. I can say his last name finally after plenty of practice. Uh, <laughs> French do that to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, the French. Yeah, that's what we'll call them. Uh, yeah, so the, the French do that. But uh, no, I... It, yeah, it's funny because I believe you listened to his uh, his podcast. I was so horrified. I- I'm very glad that, and don't take this in the wrong way, but that you have an easy name to remember and pronounce. Uh, because when I get somebody like Jared Arsenault, I'm already bad with names. And uh, if you'll notice, I called OTG ATG because I was freaking out because I couldn't remember how to say his last name. So it was very fun. Uh, well, you know what happens. I mean, at least you're not on the <laughs> world stage providing your entire government apparatus as being the AFT like yeah yeah that was a bad move but we don't need to get political today yeah well we can't we can if it's your prerogative uh i don't mind it i kind of hate the government more every day but uh or the what what is uh george w bush always had the best ones uh what the brazilian and then the fool me twice uh those are those are both really funny the, do you know those i guess i don't remember them anymore but you you know how it goes if you're on that level of a political public presence you're going to say something <laughs> silly the issue is not when you say something silly like, oh, in our presidency, I remember when he said these two words. It becomes a problem when you're like, yeah, I can't remember the last time he said anything legible. That's an entirely different. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, no, he's he's doing a tyranny again. Uh, whatever. That's so, funny. You know, I mean, we have our criticism to be thrown at people, but I think my political position, if you if we could just throw it out really quickly, is I think decentralization is inevitable. And what I mean yeah. by de- what I mean by decentralization is as we if you're going to look at time in a cycle, as in like it kind of goes back and forth in a pendulum. Some people think about it that way. Some people think of it a cycle as in like hard men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Hard times create strong men. That's kind of a simplification of the Strauss Howe generation theory. I don't necessarily ascribe to those models as being as so much prescriptive as they are descriptive but what i what i am looking at and what i believe as far as it comes to a political model is there's a difference between political philosophy and political strategy and philosophy deals with things that are right and true and good and political strategy tries to say that it's something about how to win and in reality if you don't have both you're just you're missing out and so When it comes to like political values, I might fall in the lines of something more libertarian, but that's not entirely the case because we can't, we have to have something more in common than having nothing in common. And what I mean by then decentralization is when I say decentralization is inevitable is a combination of technology open or more and more craziness in markets and uncertainty from hierarchical or authoritarian governments you're going to get a natural dissolution of those big pillars. The value, like, and, and you think about this in a law enforcement perspective, one of the challenges that a federalized 
police system is facing is they have two choices. They can either decentralize back into the states or they can become even more authoritarian, even more invasive in our lives. And they seem to be choosing that side. They seem to be choosing a more control focus, which is creating the grounds by which people want to be left alone, which then leads people to move themselves away from that structure, which takes away resources from that structure and it puts it back in local communities. And then as that continues on, that authoritarian center becomes weaker and weaker and weaker until it eventually is either ir irrelevant or it goes full tyranny and then collapses. And so right. decentralization is something that we all have a value in because we all can take care of our own selves. We can look after our friends and we can do that from a moral standpoint. It's good to look after the people that you have influence over. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I know. I, I enjoy that a lot. And that's probably the, uh, wow. I, I think that's probably, luckily that's maybe one of the first times that we've gotten political on the podcast other than b abortion. And uh, it's probably the most coherent and best uh, explanation of even my political beliefs that uh, I could have. So thank you, sir, for uh, <laughs> for making the introduction to politics on the purpose podcast worthwhile. Uh, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, political discussion doesn't have to be Twitter spats. It just if you go to Twitter to look <laughs> yeah. for if you go to Twitter to look for politics, you're probably gonna you're going to find the people that are gonna make the most noise and they're gonna create the most volume and. While we may lament in anguish that I can't just go out into the street and find a great conversationalist to engage in, it doesn't mean they don't exist. It also right. doesn't mean that everyone who says they are actually are one. So it takes some wisdom to kind of make our way through it. Very fair. Very fair, Forrest. And uh, this uh, this started because I, because I couldn't pronounce Arsenault, which is very funny um talk. yeah well i mean <laughs> uh you know jared has if he if he actually does if he you know if he gets to listen to this one i i do need to thank him because he has been um valuable in my life maybe instrumental is a bit you know we'll we'll see where it goes but he's definitely played a major role and and he i met him at a low point and and for while i don't think he knew it at the time he was able to restore a sense of, a little bit of a sense of hope and what I was looking at. And that's a good place to be. And so I think, I think Jared's on the right path. So. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Jared is uh talk about a man that uh, works really hard to fulfill his purpose. Uh, Jared is absolutely awesome. And you know, if some of the ways that uh, he has kind of told me that he plans to, to be in, instrumental in, in my, uh, in, in my process and, and growth uh, throughout trying to build this podcast, it, it's going to be awesome. What he's done already is, is great but yeah jared is a super awesome guy and if you haven't already listened to the otg uh, episode with jared Ar with jared arsenal i believe it's those who do uh go listen to that uh wonderful mountain of a man uh, as far as i'm concerned and i'm super happy to to be connecting be making connections through him uh with with guys like forrest and and other dudes and and to have him as a hub he's leading his community wouldn't you say forrest yeah i think he's doing a great job like i'm not this isn't just to tell the world that he's a good dude. I don't think that's, you know, the best way forward. But I do think that um, we are faced constantly with cynicism and to look at everyone who achieves anything or builds any platform or whatever as inherently going to become uh, a hypocrite. We're going to find skeletons in the closet where any, any of our heroes are always going to turn out to be less less than what we expect them to be. And 
and Jared is a good example of somebody that says that I think you can say despite flaws and challenges and he and our humanity, I think he's working hard and he's dedicated to something well and, and I hope the best for him. So that's awesome. Yeah, man. So let's uh let's get into a little bit of rapid fire. The people demand the rapid fire. They must okay. have the rapid fire. So uh yes. gonna start with maybe an even it sounds like uh, you, you read quite a bit. So this may be even a more difficult question than the one I'm going to ask later. But what is your favorite book and why? Right off the bat, it's going to be How Not to Be Secular by James K.A. Smith, which is a shortened version or a concise uh, summary of a book called The Secular Age by Charles Taylor. That is certainly one of my favorite books. Um, it's one that I've reread. It's one that I've engaged with. And the, the value that that book brings is it gives an intellectual approach to what we think about when we talk about secularism versus religion versus these other things. And it, it's useful for people who consider themselves to be atheistic. And it's useful for people who consider themselves to be religious. Now, the author is going to be it does is a Christian writer, but he does an interesting job talking about the mechanism of belief and how that changed in the last 120 years to 200 years and so long and so forth. It's not just what we believe, but what it means to believe and how that has changed in the last couple centuries, if not a little bit longer. So it's a, a amazing book that I think everyone should read. Um, whether you whether it's outside of your reading scope or inside, it's still, I think it's worth it. That's, That's a, cool. And then when it comes to like fictional stories, uh, the Sea Wolf by Jack London. Sweet, I'll put that one down too. Sea Wolf by Jack London. Uh, yeah. So I'm actually, I've gotten through the the preface or the foreword or whatever the hell is in the front of it, but then 20 pages into Mere Christianity, and it sounds yeah. like uh, how not to be secular would be a good pairing with Mere Christianity. Yes, very much so. Mere Christianity is a, is for good reason has has survived this long with this much recommendation. And then if you read Mere Christianity, you should go on to read more of C.S. Lewis, because that is one thing that he does as a great author, is he is both readable and relatable, but also yeah, it's, sorry, like, it's like red meat. You're not just reading frivolous nonsense that makes you feel good about yourself for like 20 minutes. Yeah, I've got uh, the the Great Divorce or the Screwtape Letters is what I was literally just recommended an hour before this, so... Yeah, and then let's see. Uh, the abolition of man is another one. Cool. Bookshelf, awesome. There. So yeah, yeah. I need to get my bookshelf. I need to get well. I need to get a lot of things, but uh, the bookshelf is somewhere on the list. Uh, the you know the stereotypical podcast slash uh, interview bookshelf behind him. You know, remember when Zuck put barbecue sauce on his? Do you remember I, that? I don't. I don't. <laughs> he, Are we he, talking about like the Zuckerberg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was doing like a congressional hearing or something like that. That said Congress. Really weird. It was a congressional hearing, or I think it was. Uh, it was some big Zoom interview that everybody was interested in for some reason. And he's sitting there, and there's like a bottle of fucking Sweet Baby Ray's behind him on his, on his like intellectual bookshelf. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> I mean, it's either going to be something insanely personal or like one of those really, really odd witty jokes. Like he's saying roast me. In a way that goes over <laughs> everybody's head. You're like, oh, I'm just going to go get roasted. I'm going to go put barbecue sauce on the shelf. And you're like, yeah. I mean, it's funny, but it's also Zuckerberg. So, like, I don't find him relatable, but that's okay. <laughs> that's very funny. So, next one is, uh, I'm assuming that you watch YouTube. Who is your favorite gun tuber? Ooh. 
That's and you, you have to answer. Okay, so my favorite gun tuber. Uh, favorite. I have so many reasons for different people. <laughs> uh, I think I think if I'm just going for raw entertainment, it's going to be um the guys who call themselves gun thoughts. G-U-N-T-H-O-T-S. They if really those, yeah, I mean if, given that's entertainment, they're hilarious. Um, and then for like genuine value, something that I really want to get something out of. Um, because I mean they you know you could, it's entertainment through work. Uh, but I guess I listen to so many that I I've let it got kind of. Um, but I'll just go with a, a couple of them. Warrior Poet Society is one of my favorites. Um, I think John Lovell, John Lovell, in some ways has inspired me to do what I'm doing now. So, Mom, can we have John Lovell? No, we've got John Lovell at home. That's me. Uh, as, a joke, <laughs> as a joke, I like John Lovell. Um, sometimes, I, sometimes I, I just there's something I want him to do, and I see him doing it, and I'm just like, yes, one step further, my friend. Uh, so there's John Lovell. Um, Mike Jones has long been a king of entertainment, and just going off the rails with all these different things. So that's Grand Thumb. Um, right. And then for yeah, Gun Thoughts is great, great for humor. Uh, those guys are hilarious. I've never, I've never heard of Gun Thoughts, and I've been deep into GunTube for for years, years, years. So I'll have to look them up. They like to be sneaky, and they're hilarious. I don't know if they like to be sneaky, but they're hilarious. I tell so. you what, who uh, who has deserved all of the attention that he has gotten lately was Admin Results. Um, yeah, Aaron. That dude is yeah, Aaron. He's he's so cool. Like the just the production value of his YouTube. I know, I know. Grantham and and T Rex Arms and all those guys like Grantham's production value is great, but as far as like, um, not even slapstick, but just the humor that one dude behind a balaclava provided me for so many years. I, I hope I hope he's able to keep it at that same level. You know, I've liked some of his stuff that he's done without the without the mask. Um, you know, I I, I believe that he should be without the mask, but there was just something about having the talking dude in the balaclava with the mystery behind it. Uh, you know, and it just seemed like you could take him a lot less seriously behind the balaclava. Uh, so we'll see how he goes, but, um, he I, was my favorite for a long, long time. Yeah. Not to overcomplicate it. I think that admin results did a really good job of, of striking that line between not taking oneself seriously, but not being illiterate about what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. So very much know, so. I think he did a good job with that one. And I if that is credence, I don't think the balaclava is necessary to make that happen, although it was definitely a great origin story. Uh here's you know, cheers to Aaron and the future of admin results for that. Absolutely. No, uh I like how we're both drinking water. Uh and cheersing. <laughs> uh so uh no the uh what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, and I think it's just I don't I don't know, man, because it's such a his face and you know he ripped the mask off and it just says cop, uh, which, is, <laughs> which I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's just such a different vibe when it's not just a goofy dude behind a balaclava. Um, and so we'll see we'll see how his his channel goes. And I know he's gonna do great things. And uh, I think my favorite one, oh, my favorite video of his is when he did the Uzi. Um, that was so edgy and 
just so well done. Have you seen that one? I don't think I've seen that one, but I do wonder how long it's going to be till you have uh, young students going to school for communications and marketing, and they're shown admin results as the excellent example of uh, advertising through mystery. Is that like the whole for a year or for however long he like carried this on, and everyone started wondering what's going on, and then it's like, okay, the mask is coming off, and the world hung in suspense. I mean, oh the, yeah, it was. It's like ah, that's a well done delivery. Yeah, no, he he did he did really well. Um, anyway, moving. Oh, I I do want to. I love Brandon Herrera too. If by any chance any of them listen to this, uh, I I do have to say probably my favorite that I watch the most often is uh probably either either Brandon or Admin. But um, I love all those guys. Uh, next is uh oh, what do you watch when you have nothing else to watch? Uh you. And I'll get, I, I may give my answer first just so that it helps you out. Uh, when I have nothing else to watch, I find the goofiest, and this is embarrassing to say, but I find the goofiest rom com on Netflix and uh, just do that. Okay. So when it comes to movies, I probably just go back to watching Lord of the Rings. But as far as YouTube, uh, Sean Ryan's episodes are very long. So I'll put that on. Uh, or Tim Cast. I'll listen to Tim Cast if I've got nothing else that I want to listen to. And then if those two, if, if somehow I've run through everything else, because I mean, I, I do tend to listen to a lot of stuff in the background, uh, but if it's going to be sit down and watch a movie, I Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, that's much cooler than the goofiest rom-com on Netflix. So, yeah, well, I'm one of those pretentious millennials that uh, is rejecting his inner hipster and saying, I don't watch many movies. I'm into books. <laughs> I have a degree in being pretentious. I might as well do it every once in a while. No, that's very funny, and I'm I'm very uh hurt that I put myself out there, and uh, and you, you didn't identify with the rom coms, but it's okay. You, you better be offended. It's it's, it's bad. <laughs> good. Awesome, Forrest. Well, uh, no, that was a good deal of rapid fire. Uh, let's go. Let's move on into the meat, man. Uh, Forrest, what is your purpose? I know you warned me about this, and. <laughs> So if I I will condense it into footnotes of stories. I have made the mistake of trying to let other people give me a sense of purpose or organizations like the military give me a purpose or a job title like being a ranger give me a purpose. Um, I have experienced the cynicism and nihilism that comes from placing your idea of purpose in things that cannot carry that weight or fulfill that position. I have found myself at the altar kneeling to Christ and seeing that where I belong is in in as a Christian to serve and seek after what is right and true and good. I have walked away from that and I have uh, felt that pain. And these are all like kind of big things to say, but um, but I but I recognize that like you think I, I recognize this is like when I left the military, I eventually encountered that sort of depression that people who leave the service get. And and so you leave you, you're in the military for a while. You go and do these things and you come back to the, the, the real world or the civilian world and it has lost its luster and it, it seems so fake and plastic. And I thought that it was very much so me like, Oh, this is what it feels like to be a veteran in the United States. But as soon as I looked out, I saw that that same issue, that same feeling 
existed in so many other men, especially men who are including many, many men who had never been in the military. And so even then, if I tried to put my purpose in being sort of a veteran and not having a place in the world, I couldn't even hold on to that because other people had felt that who had never been in the military. And so ultimately, as it's come down to, um, my purpose is different than my mission, but my purpose is to love the Lord all the days of my life, to seek after what it means to understand his goodness and to enjoy him as best as I am able. I think that is my purpose. What is the telos of my creation is to pursue that which is right and true and good. And then mission is to, my mission is, is something different, but yes. I mean, I, it's, it's, not, it's not clear. It changes as your life changes, but I think that's where I'm at right now. Is that, is, I can say that with both the, it's, to, it's, it's, it's one thing to say it and it's another to comprehend it. And it's, it's that to know that there is a value in a masculine Christian male and that the source of masculinity comes from the creator of masculinity or of, of being a good man and that it can be pursued and I can fail, but I can still pursue it. And I think that's what my mission is, is to do what I'm, I'm here yes, for. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's really good. I, I really enjoyed that. Very eloquent. Uh, I think eloquence a word maybe. Um, yeah. so I've got a couple different ways that I can take that. Uh, here's a couple things that I've wrote down. Uh, having a purpose and losing it versus never having one, uh, purpose versus mission. And then obviously your purpose is to pursue the Lord. Uh, then what I'm going to say is, um, what do you find? Sorry, I'm trying to organize my notes. It's quite all right, man. We're all here in this listening together. Yep. So, um, one thing that you said that stood out to me and, and probably just because I recorded a, uh, a podcast with our now mutual friend Jake Knight uh, from Gridbase. Yep. Um, I is is the purpose versus the mission. Um, so I want to get to that. As what what defines your purpose? What defines your mission? What are the the distinguishers between the two? Because he and I kind of talked about this. Talked about being purpose purpose built versus like closed minded, and that was different. Uh, so let's get into that eventually. But right now, I, I want to talk with you about what defines a good purpose and if we can do that from a religious perspective number one that would help me a lot so just before we engage in a super religious conversation so that you know my background i'm fairly new to what i call adult christianity um sure. so like i did the whole youth group thing uh there's plenty of pictures of young hoss with his hands up at a pentecostal church you know worshiping never really i don't know took it seriously never really hit me hard uh and then kind of got away from it, never really got too cynical or anything like that. I always believed that, you know, he existed and that it was the best way to live, but never really truly believed just in the past, like two months or so, maybe even three months, uh, got back into church. I go to a Baptist church, which is very funny considering the way that I grew up. Uh, but you know, they're all about the word and, and preaching the word and they're, they're really cool. We all wear jeans and it, it's not like your typical Baptist church, but in some ways it is, but it's not. But, um, one thing that I think that you may be able to help me on and, and help my listeners with is putting purpose in a religious sense, uh, and giving people actual, um, ways to relate to that, because, you know, what I've heard is it's, Oh, you know, 
and not to not to i guess offend anybody or or even you and i know you're not going to get offended but it's it's you know i want to love jesus christ and then we move on and a lot of that's my fault because i don't i don't know how to like unpack that uh so the one thing i i do have written down here is what defines a good purpose and maybe can you give me some markers of hey if you don't have that connection with, you know, the Lord or the Holy Spirit, uh, if you're not super deep into the Bible, where can we start as far as what defines a good purpose? And I'll go ahead and give what I've said is I think it needs to be something that uh, at the very least it, it serves others. So a purpose for a good man, you know, serves others or serves the whole um, and and is good. It, it does good. And Again, maybe that's where the religion comes in as what is good, and maybe that's where you're going to take it. But help me out a, a little bit with that, because you told me all of these purposes that uh, weren't good purposes or that you thought were purposes and weren't. Uh, tell me what is a good purpose and how do my listeners figure that out for themselves from even secular and religious backgrounds? Yeah. So so for clarification, calling it a good purpose, I, I think if I were to go back and, and re-describe those ideas of like trying to place my hope that the military would give me a sense of purpose was putting an un, un, un an unfulfillable expectation on something that could not achieve it right it's asking it's asking my my wrangler to 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 go 200 miles an hour like it's ne it's not going to do that in its current state like if i am putting that expectation on it so it was a misplaced expectation now you know there's different ways that you can go there so it being bad or or not good is we're going to be we are going to have to get sort of technical on that one so go ahead uh yeah and and we can i guess the the more the definer between good and bad because now that we're in this type of conversation good and bad means something different than what maybe i was i was mm -hmm. intending for them to mean when i say a good purpose i just mean like a worthwhile purpose and maybe that's what you're about to talk about but you know some people will come on and they'll say well my purpose is to is to you know go out and uh be a good truck driver and it's like well that's a decent purpose but you're gonna have to give me a couple reasons of how you're you know you're serving other people or they'll say my purpose is to make this is a bad one or a not worthwhile purpose is to make as much money as possible well if that only serves yourself i don't think that that's a purpose worth having does that make sense it very much so does so and that's that's what i mean by good purpose when i said it so let's get like let's get technical on this one what i when i think of a purpose when you talk about purpose if you're going to talk about that on a grand scale, you're going to be talking about a Greek word called telos, which is what something was designed to do or what's the objective of a thing. Like when you think about purpose, we can get very complicated very quickly. But one thing that I'm glad that our era exists and us being millennials and moving forward is generally speaking with things like the internet, we actually appreciate the intellect of the people who are willing to engage in conversation with us. And so let's not kid it down so small that we're just speaking in anecdotes here. Right. The idea of a purpose is the idea of a telos. It comes from the a Greek, the Greek word of telos and the idea the the thing the the abstract object that telos speaks of or represents is that you're on an ark going somewhere not on a boat but you're you're there that there is something that started that's moving in a direction that has a conclusion or objective at the end and so our lives if we are going to think about our lives as having a telos 
sometimes we could look at that as a determinate, like a, de a determinism standpoint, as in like where automatons created to accomplish a certain task. Or another thing it is, is that w as we find our telos, as we seek after whatever that is, the closer we are to it and the more we embrace that and more we engage that, the more our the orientation of our lives wraps around pursuing that goal. There may be hardships, there may be challenges, there may be sacrifices. It may be a sacrifice of a thousand days of aimlessness, but we have to seek after that. So what I think a, a, a good purpose is, is a purpose, a good purpose requires one, a truth, that there is something worth pursuing. And two, it requires, so the first thing that it requires is there's something worth pursuing. And generally speaking, as you aligned, it means it's, it's bigger than yourself. It's not just self-fulfillment. Now, you know, what, 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 what makes the, what makes a, a good screwdriver? One that works. What makes an excellent firearm? One that accomplishes its task. And so on the one hand, we are as people, we, we can change our abilities to some extent. We can go to the gym and get stronger. We can change our eating habits and get this way. We can change our mental practices, read more and become this way. We know that we have some sort of control over some of our abilities. And so when you ask somebody, why do you go to the gym? They'll tell you why they do it. And sometimes that answer is genuine and sometimes it's disingenuous, but it's pointing towards something. And so a purpose that's worth pursuing has to be something that you can look at and say, I am willing to make sacrifices to accomplish that and then follow through doing so. Or you're not living up to your purpose, right? Yep. Now to get even more, more, even more closer to home, I think it requires that there's a truth, that there, one, that it can exist. And then two, that whatever this thing is that is a purpose is something that you can perceive and so that you can pursue after it. It may not be easy and it may not be straightforward, but you know, if this gets even if, if this is starting to get more convoluted, I think the third and most important element is that it also has to be true. Like it may be true that I perceive it, it may be true that I'm wanting to pursue it, but if that truth is ultimately a lie, then you've built your sense of purpose on something that isn't true. And so in some sense, that becomes a little bit convoluted, a little bit of a meta argument if you want to get even crazier and say one part of having a purpose is the willingness to pursue truth. And so what makes a good purpose is not an easy question. Right. But what it is is a question that we all must ask ourselves and continue asking ourselves in the good days and in the bad. Some days we're going to wake up and we're going to have it right in front of our face. We know exactly what we got to do. You got to march down the road. You got to do the 12-mile ruck march. You got to climb the freaking mountain. You got to go fight the fight. And some days you wake up and you go, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. And those days are just as important as the easy days. You just remember them more. Yes, sir. So that might be details for it. Um, I'll tell you that the only the only pursuit, the only thing that's worth a purpose is pursuing what uh what is true. And if I believe that, I believe that the source of truth is God. And if I believe that God is the source of truth, then he's the only thing worth pursuing. And he's the only thing that's gonna be able to conquer your ego. So that makes sense. Uh well, it's uh we'll get into it. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around some of it. So, uh, what makes a good purpose? I've got right now uh, number one, something worth pursuing, generally bigger than yourself. Um, we right? I think I think we all inherently know that whether we engage in it intentionally or unintentionally, when it when our end goal is just whatever we want, 
it always falls short. Whether right. it's whether it's hedonism or asceticism, whether it's abandoning all values for whatever I want at the moment, or it's that the summary of my values is my happiness. Both of the, I think, I think most of us, if not all of us, are able to look at that in a quiet, dark place and say, "Yeah, that doesn't. That even if I were to achieve that, it wouldn't fulfill me." Right. Um, so, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I don't I don't exactly have the the words to articulate and add on top of that, but I I agree with what you're saying nonetheless. Number two, uh, I have something that you can perceive. Can you? give me a little bit more uh, to, to grab onto with that. Why must we be able to perceive it? Uh, and what do you mean by perceive? Because I know um, some knuckle draggers, and I'd say that with all of the affection in my heart, that would say, well, I, do I have to be able to see it? Um, or, you know, like, how do we perceive God? Things like that. Uh, if, if your purpose is something that you can perceive, what do you mean by that? So... Um... Perception is perception is broader than just the physical senses. Let's call it perception might be the ability to comprehend some extension, like a vision of it. So if I'm looking in a foggy mirror, I know that I'm looking in a mirror and I know I'm looking at a reflection, but I can't really see exactly what it is. Some days are like that. And right. some sometimes that's what the goal is, is that I know that it's there, but I can't really see it. But I mean, but sometimes you can hear a sound, but you can't quite understand what that sound is. Now, perceiving a sound, hearing a sound, comprehending a sound are all different things. But what I'm saying is that for it to be a goal, this is not original to me, but you have to be able to aim at something. And in order to aim at it, you have to perceive it. So I may this not, is... Sorry. Is that... So if I can, you know, conceptualize it is another might be another or appropriate term, but you know, like even though I don't know exactly what it looks like, I, I have to perceive it or I have to I have to pursue trying to perceive it, not create it, not manifest it, not none of that stuff. But like I know that there's something that is true. It's it's a, it's a, it's actually an epistemological problem. I guess I've made it more com complicated than it needs to be. But in order for some, in order for something to be known, it has to be. In order for something that to be known, it has to be perceivable. Unless it's an a priori truth, which is a philosophical term for saying that something does not need to be observed to be understood. Um, and so there's an old argument of whether numbers are a priori, but we we can leave that for later. Um, but so the the point being said is that if there's a thing out there, if it exists. In order for me to know it, I have to be able to perceive it. And so it exists. I can perceive it, whether that's intellectually, whether that's visually, whether that's auditorially. I can at least perceive that it's there. And though I may not comprehend every element of it, I still can differentiate that from something else. Right. So, that, so I mean, I guess I'm making it very cerebral. And I, if I can help it out in any way, it, if it's not a goal, if it's so abstract that you can't even comprehend it. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I think that a lot of people, uh, so I want to do two things here. Number one, uh, that immediately brings to mind when you said, you said something earlier, well, when you brought up goal, which is maybe why um, we're going to define purpose versus mission here in a second, and maybe purpose versus goal here in a second. But I don't think you meant it in that, in that context of being specific. No, I, goal. It, it, but, purpose is supposed to be yeah, over yeah. here, whereas goal and, and mission can be over there. 
Right. But what it did bring to mind is, is, uh, when I learned in college how to set smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time bound. Uh, I think that may be kind of like the realistic part of, of the smart goals. It, it, it's, it's a qualifier. When he says that it's something that you can perceive, it means that it needs to be something that it needs to be a purpose that you can actually fulfill. Uh, and, and, and to do that, you have to be able to perceive it. So in order for us to, break that down a little bit and to give us a little bit more context, help us understand that. Give me an example of what you might think a purpose that you cannot perceive is, which is hard because we're going to be perceiving it. But if if you can think of somebody or someone who is pursuing a purpose that they cannot perceive, give me that. And then maybe we can work off of that. Uh, So from a Christian theological sense, moral perfection. Okay. Yeah. It's because the only thing that is morally perfect is God. Mm-hmm. And he is also the source of morality, but he's outside of our comprehension completely. Not, I'm sorry, he's, he's not completely outside of our comprehension. We are unable to comprehend him completely. So, so the understanding of morality that we have at, available to us is only what has been revealed to us through creation and divine revelation. And so... We cannot pursue, we cannot be more moral than the source of, of morality because we can't comprehend the fullness of it. We can only pursue what is presented to us. So instead of being the arbiter of morality, as a like my purpose is to be the arbiter of morality, my purpose is to be God, wrong. My purpose is to be created in the image of God. My, my purpose as being created in the image of God is to fulfill what that means. The right. telus of creation. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And where my mind was going is the the purpose that you described is I want to be morally perfect. Uh, that's a purpose that you can't achieve, that you can't perceive, as you just told us. An alternate purpose would be I want to try to be as morally perfect as I can, maybe. Is that a purpose that maybe we can perceive? Because that the is, pursuit of that, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, that I we are being specific, which is a great place to be, but we are being very specific here. Being morally, being the perfect, the the absolute perfection of morality would require you to be God, and you cannot comprehend that. So, how could you achieve it? So, can I, can I make this a little bit uh, more simple? Which is what I see. Not in it. I am more simple. Uh, can, instead of perceive, would it make any sense there to put achieve? I think so. Yes. Okay. So, um. If I was to wrap this up in an Instagram carousel and I put number one, something worth pursuing generally bigger than yourself. And then number two, I put something that you can achieve and then wrote a little bit of thing. Would that make sense? And would it be in line with what you're trying to tell me? Yes. I think that you're correct on that one. So achieving, I think, I think we would be different on technicalities, but according to the argument that you're making, yes, I think they're going to be like, I can't achieve. The difference would be this. I can know that I cannot achieve godhood per se, but I can still pursue it. it mm-hmm. It's still it's 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 vanity upon vanities. You know, I know I can't pursue, I can't accomplish it, but I can still pursue it. And that is different than knowing that I may not be, I cannot live a life perfectly, but I still do my darndest every day. I still try my hardest every day. And those okay. are two different. It's like I know that I can't do it. I know that I cannot be a perfect person. 
and a, and I but but my telos being to be created for, uh, knowing that I'm a creation pursuing the purpose of creation which is you know which is what does that mean it means to to I live in the world I live created in this world I it's my responsibility to understand it to live within it to understand the confines of violence and the understanding of responsibility the moral framework that's been placed upon me that is different than trying to see my telos as becoming the author of morality those are two so pursuing the best that i am created to be pursuing the telos of creation is different than trying to pursue the status of creator okay and we cannot we cannot achieve perception of what it means to be the creator but we can achieve perception of what it means to pursue being creation that makes sense it's a, I guess it's a very important distinction between the two, two things, and, and it, does, it, it can come across as extremely cerebral. But in the short put is, are you trying to be the best human being that was created, or are you trying to become God? Yeah, you, that makes you, sense. Yep, because if you're going to try to become God, if you're trying to say, well, I get to choose what's real, it never works out for you. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And it's funny, I just watched uh, Bruce Almighty last night, um, which is a very funny movie, so... You know, I think it aged well, actually. For, well, and when I watched it, I was like, is this something out of Hollywood that I don't hate? You know what I'm saying? Like, is this yeah. because unless I just took it completely wrong, which is 100 percent possible, it seemed like a God movie out of big Hollywood that actually like made sense. It was in line with Christian values. Am I correct yeah. on that? I it's been a long time since I saw it, but I think it did shock quite a bit of like you mean the end objective isn't hedonism? That yeah, him being yeah, I didn't getting ever to do whatever he want wasn't a good outcome. Huh? Maybe there's more to it than I thought. So, right, I'd have uh, to watch. No, it again. I, you you should. It's it's on Netflix right now. Which if you're if you're like any of the millennials that I know uh that that are politically aligned with you you don't even have a netflix account but i don't know do you have a netflix account didn't we establish this that i'm one of those annoying pretentious people that people like to like rag on because <laughs> like i don't have a netflix i have a library uh, i look no um i i do use a netflix occasionally but i'm usually bumming it off of somebody well you can have mine to watch bruce almighty that's fine or we'll uh, or we'll like I think uh, how I th how my wife and I do it is that we pick a show that we want to watch we we buy a, a month of the membership of that thing and then we watch then like because I, I don't watch as many things and then her and I will like kind of binge it over a couple of weeks and then once that season's done I'm like okay cool um let me know when another good show's out and then we'll watch that one and then we'll you know so every couple of months we'll go through like a different show like we just finished The Last of Us. And I think the oh, next, yeah. I think, let's see, The Witcher season three is coming out soon. Yep. I think that's coming. Is that out yet? I don't know. When that I comes out, so. we'll watch that on Netflix. And then once that's done, we'll cancel our Netflix subscription. And then we'll wait until something else comes out. And then, like, if, for me, it's the same thing. If I'm going to watch something on the screen, I'm probably going to play video games, to be honest, because, like, I grew up in the 90s, like, dude, Mario and, and, and Legend of Zelda. Like, yeah. So. That's where I grew up in front of a tel. If I was in front of a television, I was usually playing like Ocarina of Time, or Morrowind. If anyone remembers awesome. that, I I don't. Uh, I didn't have an Xbox 360 until my junior year of high school, but uh, I, I do. I think the original. Mar I think Morrowind was on the original Xbox, wasn't it? I don't know. Wow. I I couldn't tell you. 
Um, I didn't play a game online with my friends until 2019, actually. <laughs> so nice. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. to not to like brag or be uh, a pretentious millennial about it or anything, but oh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh the humble bragger. You shall find yes, yourselves sir. in the stocks. We shall throw fruit ninja at you. <laughs> I, hey, I do. I fuck up some fruit ninja. I will tell you that. Um, so uh, next, I want to move into uh, purpose versus mission, and I want to predicate that with a uh, a very um, simple and uh, it, it was kind of a, a fun analogy that I made with uh, Jake from from uh, Gridbase, uh, and I I did a very poor choice of vehicle when I first introduced it because of recent commercials that have come out. But, uh, we were trying to, we were trying to decide what was, uh, the difference between purpose driven and like being closed minded, uh, and the way that you put it and the way that we would have related it then is the difference between being purpose minded or uh, purpose built versus dead set on like a mission, because you put it in terms of mission. So what's the difference between being purpose built and being dead set on a mission and the the i guess analogy or whatever you call it that i came up with is that you know maybe we're maybe we're built like vehicles uh that are that are built with a certain purpose you mentioned that you have a wrangler a jeep jeep wrangler i'm assuming uh you know at one time and some jeeps more than others those are made with the short wheelbase to be able to go off-road with the big tires um they're geared low so that they can go off-road and you know to the dismay of every 16 year old rich white girl, uh, they're not made to run on the pavement 24 seven. They, they eat up front ends. Uh, they're, uh, you know, and I, I realize that I may be making fun of you now because you own one, but, uh, their gas mileage oh, no. is, <laughs> I, I, I bought one completely out of naivety. I thought I was going to turn it into the coolest thing. And, I, and, <laughs> and you know what it did? I bought mine in, I bought, let's see, I got an 05. Uh, I bought mine in 15 and I thought, oh man, I'm going to build this thing out and I'm going to put a pinnel in it and I'm going to turn it into like some Mad Max mobile. Yeah. All it did was rust in Minnesota for five years. So I, <laughs> I lost more value in that vehicle because of road damage on the highway than like, I probably didn't hit a dirt road with that. That wasn't like the dirt road to my in-laws house on that vehicle until 2019. Excellent. So, so that you, you understand this analogy perfectly of yeah. when, when you're built for a certain purpose, it's it's difficult to go on the roads that don't align with that purpose. And, you know, Jake, he was and not to say in a bad way, but he was caught up on. I don't want to be focused on a certain mission like the destination of this of this road. Uh, I don't want to be closed minded about where that destination goes and kind of the compromise, because I I think that that's in some ways a good thing. Uh, but the kind of compromise or the analogy that we came up with is that, OK, Maybe God made us as purpose-built vehicles, and what we should be doing is looking for the types of roads that serve that purpose, and then not worry about where we're going to go, but when opportunities to take certain roads uh, come up in our life that, that serve that purpose-built um, the, the purpose-built vehicle that we are, we should take those roads. Um, how do you feel about that analogy? Does it kind of explain what you meant when you said, you know, purpose versus mission? It's a difficult one because, um, but it, I think it can be useful. So if you're going to break down the difference between a purpose and a mission, a purpose would be like the, the reason why the vehicle was constructed. And that could include the, the modifications you made for it. 
And that could include the add-ons and the conditions and the radios and the panel mounts and the machine gun nest and all the other kind of stuff that you built into this car. But the mission is like a trip. It's like a trap. Like I need to get from, I need to do a convoy from this location to that location. I need to get these valuable resources from here to there. Um, A mission for that vehicle might be, um, I need to be able to run this race. I need to be able to win this track or whatever it is. I'm not, I I don't race cars, so I know the terminology is going to be off, but please give me some grace here. Uh, So, so the difference is that the telos, the purpose of the vehicle doesn't change. The per- mm-hmm. it was a purpose built vehicle, and you might make modifications. This is why I think the, this is why I think the analogy of the car can break down a little bit. But rather, yeah, uh, I'm coming. I, I come from a military background. You know, I'm coming from the military background, so it's really easy for me to jump that way. But even in a person's life, your purpose doesn't change, and you're always going to be in pursuit of it. And some days you'll see it clearly, and some days you won't. And some things you'll do to pursue it more clearly. And if you betray it. Uh, this is kind of um, Joseph Campbell here with a thousand faces. If you if you cut away from that, you'll become the person in need of saving. Not religiously, but like by the hero kind of thing. And so, uh, and so, a mission, however, ends when the objective is accomplished. Your purpose doesn't end until you're no longer here. You've served the full arc. Your time is done. You've done everything that you can. Um, and so missions come and go. They change as you go through your life. Sometimes your mission is to graduate college. Sometimes your mission is to graduate college summa cum laude. Sometimes your mission is to survive the deployment. Sometimes your mission is to get that promotion. Sometimes your mission changes. Your missions can change, right? But your purpose doesn't. Um, and so when you confuse your purpose as a mission, or you, when you confuse a mission as being the purpose, you find yourself without a sense of purpose when the mission ends because missions end. They come to a conclusion. You've reached the goal. You've gotten home. You finished the job. You got the bad guy. You did the thing. And this is a classic example. You see this in, in young men. Maybe this dates me. I, I know it sounds pretentious again, but like the guy who can never get over the fact that he's the captain of the football team in high school. Dude, I'm 33. I don't care what you did when you were 17. I don't right. care. Cool. You know, and, and and but but neither do I, and neither does anybody else. And most of us know that. Most of us, by the time we're in our thirties, aren't still living in our glory days of being seventeen and banging the whole cheerleader squad or whatever you consider your great laurel of activity. You saw this even in the military too. It's like, hey, dude, uh, we're now here. You did that in in high school. It it's it's not. It doesn't make you a good. You know, it it they. It's not the same thing. We still have new missions to accomplish. I did one good deployment. Doesn't mean that all the other ones are going to be good after that. Um, and so your missions change, but your purpose is something that doesn't. And you have to be in pursuit of that in the long arc. And so the closed mindedness that happens in a mission is that a mission works well when you have clearly defined objectives. If you don't know what you're aiming at, how are you going to know when you've achieved it? And that's how that's that's the big mark of a mission. If you want to know why America collapsed in Afghanistan, it's because the leadership stopped picking what the mission was. They just said more, more promotions, more government money, more whatever it is, more, 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 more. Instead of like, mm-hmm. okay, so this is the conditions of victory. We eliminate this net- network and we establish this economic framework, and then we get the hell out of there. No, it same was just, thing, yeah, same thing that's going to happen in Ukraine. 
Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, Ukraine is entirely large. It's another. I mean, it could, it very well could. I mean, we have a great track record of miserable extended military experiences. But I mean, <laughs> the other thing too is what the public sees is only is only the the shit that rises to the surface. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm a very uh, you may either cringe or you may not, but uh, I mostly go for my strictly news, not even necessarily opinions, but. For my strictly news, I mostly go to Ben Shapiro. Um, and again, some some people may cringe, but uh, he's the only one that I find that's and there's other right wing people, but uh, they're the only he's the only one that I'll find that will actually read the opposition on like even if he's reading the little clips that he cut out, uh, you know, he'll he's the only one that'll read with a little bit of context <laughs> on what the opposition has to say. But that's one of, not to detract. Go there's ahead. a reason there's a reason why Ben Shapiro has done well and it's not purely yeah. the philanthropy of other people's. He's definitely figured out his algorithm well and he's figured out his audience well. And yeah. I've been I have been both in that audience and out of that audience. That makes sense. So, um let's talk about purpose versus mission. So, I have a few questions. I have a few qualifiers uh and depending on your answers to those questions are you going to decide whether i guess i change my podcast name from the purpose podcast to the mission podcast uh or whether i have a podcast at all after after you destroy it um but (laughs) so the number one question i have is do we all have the same purpose uh because you know what you're telling me and let, let me work through this a little bit because um words are hard uh is you're saying that purpose is different from the mission and if we use the car analogy uh, where you said that it might be able to break down if i logically follow that out to where i think you were going with that is that the purpose of a car any car is to get humans from point a to point b and i would agree that if we look at it in that context uh of okay there are other things that do this or there are a million different cars with a million different roads and the car was made to get something whether that be a person uh from point a to point b going over some type of ground uh i think if we look at it in that context of every car has the same purpose, then yeah, the car analogy is shit because every car has the same purpose. They all have different missions. Uh, But I think the context that I was looking at it from, and I may be very well, maybe wrong is that um, God, maybe not God. I don't even want to try to make a religious argument because I'll fall flat on my face, but um, we are, we do have some sort of difference in the purpose. And maybe that is, um, we have different missions and that may be what you tell me, but I also think that, you know, I think about my purpose of being a husband. Well, if you subscribe to the form of marriage that I have, that is until I leave this earth. Um, if you subscribe to the same form of marriage as me, uh, to be a good husband, it is until I leave this earth. So I think that that would qualify as a purpose that maybe somebody else wouldn't have, uh, to be a good father, you know, and I guess at least until my children die, uh, you know, that is a purpose that I think lasts my whole lifetime. Uh, so to an extent, I think that we can have different purposes and that the distinction between purpose and mission kind of breaks down a little bit, but you tell me, do we all have the same purpose and we all have different missions or can we have distinct little minor differences in purpose? So we are, if we're going to go from a Christian tradition, we're all created, correct? Mm-hmm. we're all created we're also all created in the image of god black white brown whatever nationality you call from whatever ethnicity you claim um we all we we believe we're all created in the image of god 
And so we're all part of creation and creation itself has this telos, it's objective that some of that is visible and some of that is hidden from us. But then we are also all individuals. I knew you when I created, I knew you were in your mother's womb kind of line from uh, David. And so both of those things are true at the same time. Both of them can be found. If we, if we take scripture as the written word of God, or if you take us in other directions, both of those things are true at the same time. It's that I knew you, I created you. You go into the New Testament, you have uh, Romans and why uh, some pots are made for, you know, some pots are made for this, some pots are made for that. Some pots are made for the fire of destruction, but God will be glorified in every way. Who is the pot to ask the potter why he was made? There is the distinction between individuals. I chose you to be my chosen people and the telos of creation as a whole. So on the one hand, yes, we all live within the same purpose, and that is the purpose of creation. But on the other hand, we are also created with individuality. We're all created as people with hearts and souls and minds and decisions and, and circumstances. I was born in rural Minnesota, or I, was born in, I wasn't born in rural Minnesota. I was born to a family that ended up living in rural Minnesota. It's not the same as somebody who was born in Uganda or China or China or or who's born into absolute wealth in, you know, the Pacific Northwest. So right. each of those circumstances are going to be different. And while our overarching telos may be the same, the purpose of a vehicle is locomotion. Everyone has different paths to take. And some that is a that is a very different statement than all roads lead to Rome, though. Sorry, that is a theological pitfall of not fun. Um, but the but the, so when we all so the purpose, if we think about purpose as the of the intent of creation and its arc until completion, yes, from birth to death, I have a purpose. And your purpose shares similarities. They align in the same way, but they're still different because I'm a different person than you. And that's how I'd put it out that way is that, you know, like, obviously, it's not my. I married, you're married. And so there's a difference in our, you know, we have differences there. My mission in, in a sense, my mission aligns with my purpose to love my wife all the days of my life in sickness and in health. Take those vows seriously kind of thing. And and so that mission differentiates you and I, but we also know what love is and know what it means to love our wife because the author of love granted us the opportunity to understand that through his revelation. And so the existence of that love is genuine, and that's the telos, the purpose that we pursue, but each of us has to do it in our own line. And if we claim to be in line with the same, oh, even then, and if you want to go even one layer bigger, even if you're in rejection of that telos, of that of that purpose in the creation of the world, you're still you still serve your purpose, and that just might be damnation. And that's a really rough thing for people to hear. So yeah, that that kind of that almost knocked me off my chair. Um, <laughs> no, so I I do think that I don't think that we're very far off. Um, and I think that if we were to step back, because you and I, um, we're taking the, the Hubble telescope and we're pointing it at the ground and we're looking at these issues, um, I think at a very detailed level, which is good because I want to get there. I think if we were to, to back a zoom up a little bit, um, I do think that, 
we can we can define for for an everyday um looking to go out and pursue truth i do think that um the lines between purpose and mission can be blurred a little bit does that make sense um from the human perspective absolutely yeah and and you know because i think that that's something that even i've struggled with because i'm not i'm not nearly as well read uh and I, I don't know. I don't think you uh, perceive the word cerebral as a bad term, but I'm not nearly as well read. And on a daily level, I'm not quite as uh, cerebral as what you are, but I've been struggling with this whole, like, okay, your podcast is is predicated on the fact that um, everybody has a, a, a different purpose or a unique purpose. But uh, when it comes down to it, every time I get somebody in here with a purpose, I'm like, well, that's very similar to everybody else's purpose. And it, it just means to, you know, love and serve God or, you know, serve something bigger than yourself kind of like what we talked about and so i do think that at at a certain extent to dive down between purpose and mission we all do have the same purpose and especially if you're christians um which you should be uh i think so uh if we're christians we all do serve at the smallest tiniest extent not tiny but at the most microscopic level i think we do serve all the same purpose but on a practical day-to-day level um, I do think that it is okay to tie your purpose in with that mission and make it to say, okay, my purpose is this, uh, and this is how I serve that by, by doing this mission. So when I say that my purpose is to be a good husband, to be a good father, and to be a good leader of those around me, or be a good leader to those around me, uh, it still is valid, would you say, Forrest? Yeah, and if you set your mission in opposition to your purpose, then it's only going to cause suffering. That makes sense. I think that's a really good way of putting it too. It's like if you your your mission you have some control over. You mm-hmm. know, you you have much more control over what your missions are, your objectives, your pursuits are. Um I can I could say I mean and this is even another thing like um you know, I I could pursue to become something that is antithetical to my 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 mission. I mean, you could even do it as simple as something like this. I could say that it's my mission to become one of the world's biggest porn stars. Yeah, but that's going to be an antithetical. It's going to be an opposition to what I believe my purpose is, what I under what I what I understand to be my purposes. And and one of those things, loving my wife, has an element of doing that where that line gets a little blurry. Um, I could say that, you know. So so there's, I mean, that's a that's a very large example, and it's the smaller examples, the closer to home examples that are a little bit harder for us to stomach sometimes because they're a little bit closer to home. But right. it's not like we can't pursue missions that are in opposition to whatever our purpose really is. We are certainly capable of doing that. And that's where I think we find a lot of a lot of the suffering that we put upon ourselves. Right. So from this point on, 814 on June 5th, 2023, I have to change the name to the Mission Podcast uh based on what we've talked about here <laughs> no i'm kidding um no, but... I, think, I think i think calling it the purpose is a really good example though is because in our day and age and this is this is what we exist in this is the world that we live in and right, right. now you know it's like you know so uh it doesn't matter what you call things are going to change and you want to build something with a good name that's going to age as long as you possibly can but i think it i think it does strike true in the time that we're existing in because you know, it's the mission is a little it's a little Jocko Willink for some audiences. I mean, the guy's <laughs> it does, but it's, you know what I mean? It's like the mission. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Cool. I mean, how many Christian books have I written by men to men that are all like war imagery? Now go be a pacifist. And you're mm-hmm. like, OK, I'm not into that, you know, or like, oh, you know, you need to be a strong, courageous man. Now, let me let my editor completely ruin this book for my audience. 
Oh no! So if I follow that, you're not a huge Jocko fan. Oh no, I, I don't mind Jocko. I, I I I don't. I actually don't have as much of an opinion on him as I'd like to. Um, I'd love to meet him. I'd love to have a conversation with him. And I have read his book, Extreme Ownership, and that book made me feel something. I was like, man, I knew I got a little sliver of what it meant to be a little bit better leader from that, and I think it's good. Yeah, so. that's awesome. I read a uh, leadership strategy and tactics uh the the field manual and it absolutely changed my life and you know i do think that there is a certain point of uh let's let's talk about this a little bit because you and i are both uh you you you're you're way smarter than i am i believe but uh you and i both like to dive deep on on certain topics and and to get into the minutiae as some people like to call it uh of these topics but i do think that there is something to be said for for understanding that and engaging those conversations and then building a sort of a, a foolproof, hey, even in the hardest times, even when I don't feel like getting into the minutia of, of what I'm doing here, a foolproof uh, kind of, of manual, manual alarms, so to speak, for how I live my life. And I think that that is where the name The Purpose Podcast does serve uh, pretty well is because when you're on your drive to work, uh, it's, it's a good little, ch- Hey, what is my purpose? My purpose is to be a good husband, to be a good father and a good leader to those around me. Um, tell me a little bit about the necessity to, um, understand the, the details and maybe get a little bit pedantic as I believe not in a bad sense, but to get a little bit of pedantic as I believe we've done now, uh, and the need to also have those worldly, Hey, SOPs, uh, manual of arms. This is how I live my life. Does that, is that a difference that you can find in your life? Because it definitely is for me. I definitely have the, okay, I can dive deep into this, into this subject and get it all into the minutia. But at a certain level, I have to back up uh, from these really, really heavy topics and develop systems that allow me to exercise those heavy topics uh, in, in a simpler way that that's easier to kind of pick up and recall on a daily level. Am I making any sense to you? Yeah, you are. I can use it in some examples, and then I can. I, 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 I think we might have to go back and forth a little bit till I'm completely on, like, on board with what you're saying. On right. board is the right term, and so, so that I make sure I understand correctly what you're saying. Um, which isn't is 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 not like an intellect thing. It's like a how do I make sure I understand you? Um, you right. know, there's, there's the old. There's like some old comparison that in in one culture it's the person who's speaking who's responsible for being understood, and the other culture it's the person who's listening. It's they're responsible to understand. It's like okay, we're trying to have a conversation. If we're I both, if I had a 1990s video game that I could bring up and and tell yeah. you I would, but I don't. So I apologize. Ah, uh, <laughs> the original Final Fantasy VII. Go. Cool. Uh no, we're good on that one. Let's see. Um, so the. Let's go back into that and and let's ask that question one more time. Or could you could you ask the question one more time? Yeah. So, well, I'll give an example. Um, I think that at a very baseline level, and I know a lot, even some guys that I listen to, uh, they get rather exhausted by these deeper level conversations. And so, I think that the name, the Purpose Podcast, asking them what their purpose is, uh, and they give me a unique answer of my purpose is to, uh, you know, be a good husband, a good father, and a good leader to those around me. Maybe my purpose is to be a good husband, a good father, and a good jujitsu teacher. Uh, I think that that is acceptable on a day-to-day, um, hey, I'm an everyday man. This is what I need to know to go out and live a good life. But I also think it's important to dive a little bit deeper uh, and to talk about the things that you and I, uh, of hey, maybe under creation, we all do serve the same podcast. And what I wanted 
was for you to kind of give me a little bit of that dichotomy of why it's important to die deep, but why it's also important to, to come out of that deepest deepness, because I know a lot of people that they can't get out of the deepness. They can't step, you know, a couple steps back and say, Oh, okay. It's all, it's all a purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like the, to be a good husband is a purpose, even though we all have the same one. Uh, maybe, maybe they can be a little bit more unique on a day-to-day level. I just wanted you to describe that dichotomy of, getting super deep and, and meta as I think you called it earlier. And then, and then pulling back from that on a, on a, on a layman's term level, what's the importance of both and, and how, I guess, in your life, do you balance that dichotomy? Because I know you can get to not you, but I know people can get too deep uh, and get lost in some of that. So, yes, I, uh, if you're, if I, I have been told, I've been coached, I've been recommended that you get too cerebral and I, I <laughs> and I don't mean this by like, Oh, I don't like you. So I'm going to say it like, no, people who I know are like, ah, you're getting a little too into the weeds on this subject and, and you're missing it. Right. Um, at the same time, you know, we sometimes I, we, you know, we've had to give advice on, in different ways. I think we live in we live in some concert with other people on this one. Uh, well, and, and, and not that it's bad, but I would say there are got plenty of guys that I know, probably the majority of them where I'm saying you need to get more cerebral. What I'm saying is I, I fully acknowledge the fact that what we're doing here is necessary and to understand the minutiae of what we're talking about is necessary. And so I don't, I don't assign a value judgment to one or the other. I'm just looking for that dichotomy. And, and when do we do which one? Does that make sense? Yeah. So have you ever heard the phrase, you need to go out and touch grass? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you need to open a book and start reading, dude. Like that's right. sometimes okay. you need to challenge both of them. And I, and it, that's probably the simplest way of putting it is that like, sometimes you need to go out and, and go do something. You need to go out and go touch grass. You need to go out and practice your CQB. You need to go out and do some dry fire. You need to go out and pick up a, a toy, a rifle, or whatever, and go figure out how to use it. CQB is a really good example, though. It's a really, uh, it's like the edgy thing that no one wants to talk about. They always want to talk about blah 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 blah. Um, but like, there's a difference. Let's just talk about reconnaissance now, because reconnaissance is the new trendy thing. There is a Recky, complete, bro. yeah. There's a completely different there's a difference between being able to articulate what it means to accomplish good reconnaissance and to be able to comprehend those principles in an applicable way in the field at the moment. So there's a difference between knowing the difference between running the rabbit and doing a hard entry on a, on a corner in a building and being in, there's a difference between that and being able to comprehend both of those skill sets being able to deliver them on the fly and do it in such a way where your team understands what you're doing and you're accomplishing the task. So like sometimes you need to dig deep into stuff and some of these things take decades to dig into and we're all bound to that responsibility to some extent. Like what do we believe and why do we believe it and how did we come to these beliefs and what is the mechanism of belief going back to, you know, Charles Taylor. Um, And so if you're asking for what is a rubric that you would use to pull yourself in and out of that level, I am not the right person because I have not, <laughs> I have not figured out, I, I have not figured out that balance. And, and I know that, and I, and I've just in the last maybe year or so I've come to terms with when I don't know what my answer is, I go straight into the cerebral when sometimes the action is I just need to go out and touch grass. And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So sometimes it's been good friends. Sometimes it's been reading. Sometimes it literally is reading a book that says, okay, reading or contemplating a subject or writing it out and writing it out, writing out and going, okay, 
I figured it out. Now I just need to go out and do something. But I mean, it, I think the problem that I would present with it is it's it can be a bit of a false dichotomy. You don't have to be one or the other. The goal is to be able to be to do both. So, and that to makes sense. Both in its time, yeah. I wish I could tell you a perfect answer, but I, I really don't. I don't have a perfect answer because I'm not the person to say that right now. I I have I'm prone to over I'm prone to diving in too deep on one end, or using that as an excuse. And I'm just for if you want to use gross terminology, just like the term ivory tower ter refers to a group of people who are contemplating something with no correlation to the reality they're right. making this typically it gets worse or in its worst cases are when they're making decisions that they never see the consequences to, or they never feel the consequences to that is similar, but different than masturbating one's sense of being intelligent. And that too is that where that differs is that, masturbating your sense of being intelligent is in producing in yourself the feeling of doing something without actually doing it. Oh, I'm being intelligent. Meanwhile, like you're not, you're not really comprehending on it. And it comes down to an, a statement made by Calvin, John Calvin, one of the uh, well-known characters from reformed theology, where he made the statement of knowledge, not acted on is knowledge, not known. So if you know it to be true and you act otherwise, do you really know it to be true? They live in they live in harmony. They live in concert with one another. That makes sense. And there's a uh, a book, and I don't know why I can't think of it right now, but it's all about asymmetries. Um, God, I can't think of it. It's it's Matt Taleb, but it, I need to recommend it to you. Oh, uh, anti fragile. Uh, uh, no, but it's it's one of the other ones. Um, I think it's on, after uh, Skin in the Game. Yes, that's that's. I have I have read it. It's right here. Yeah, do you like that? I I have I have been a fan of Nassim Taleb multiple times, and this has been one of those good books. I do need to reread him though. Yeah, I I had trouble. I haven't gotten all the way through it. I think I've gotten about a third of the way through it. But um, it is one of those books that he does a really good job of. of I I think honestly, I think he does a good job of of um doing exactly what I'm talking about, where he'll go into like three or four paragraphs of cerebral, and then he does the italics you know, of where it says this, you know what I'm saying? Um, like the yeah. silver roll or, or whatever. Uh, I, I do recommend that book. It's called skin in the game. And what did you say his name was? Uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb. I hope it's mirrored correctly. Uh, uh, I don't know why I thought that was something completely different. I thought it was Matt for some reason. I don't know why. No, there's another, I think there is a, I've at least heard of one Matt Taleb, but I, uh, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm going to keep my jokes to myself. Um, anyway, uh, so, yeah, no, I think your answer is is a, a good one because um, I I do think it is a little bit of a false dichotomy, but I think we're going to move on because it may have been a bad question on on my part. Uh, I don't think it, as, I don't think it's a bad question. Let me be clear. I don't think yeah. it's a bad question. I think it's I, I think it's a difficult one to answer that you have to pursue. And like it's it, there are questions in life 
that are easy to answer, but it's completely unfulfilling. And you might answer it the same way 20 times till the 21st time. You're like, okay, I got it. I f it's fulfilling now. I figured it out. And so, right. you know, sometimes like it's the same thing. Like sometimes you'll read 10 books on a concept and the 11th one gets it done. And you're like, but I read it about it nine times or 10 times already. So. Yeah. Well, and I think the, the, to, to give an analogy for the question that I'm asking is that I think purpose, uh, it, it is like that. And, and when I say, um, when do I know that I need to get into the weeds and then come back on an everyday level is I think that we, you know, let's use church, for example, uh, we go to church every Sunday so that we're brushing up and getting deep into the Bible. That's why we go to Sunday school is because we're reading a specific verse and we're spending a whole hour on it. Uh, and the idea is to come out of that with certain everyday, this is how I need to do that. Uh, you know, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and people a lot of times, well, you should act the same way on Sundays that you do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think that it's possible. I think that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you need to focus on your family. You need to do all that. And that's why you need to develop tools to be able to follow God's word um, at, a, at a higher everyday. This is how we get it done level. And I think my point with that was that I think purpose is the same way. I think essentially on Sunday, when we break it down, we do all have the same purpose. On Sunday, when we break it down, our purpose is to love God. I think on a daily basis, uh, you should really try to find a purpose that gets kind of like you said, as close to that telos as possible. Uh, and and then, you know, serves that telos. And when I talk about, because, you know, my whole thing is having a purpose as a mantra. My purpose is this. This is something that I can hold on to when I have nothing is my purpose. Uh, I think that guys while we're talking about this really cerebral, uh, this is what purpose really means. And this is the Greek word for purpose. And this is what God says. And this is why we're created while we have that cerebral conversation. And it's good because I knew that it was going to happen with Forrest and it needed to happen because those are questions that I couldn't answer that he did. I think to back up, it is important to develop that, um, every day tell us, okay, this is how I go and execute my purpose on Wednesday. Uh, and I'm going to brush it up on Sunday with conversations like this. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good way of doing do, looking at it. I mean, it's the it's your telos that serves what happens m Monday through Sunday, but it's the mission that says sometimes you need to dig deeper and sometimes you need to you need to live you need to do the duty you need to live in good work and some days you just need to do the damn right thing and it sucks, and some right. days it's it's sometimes and and the, and the hard thing for a lot of us is sometimes you need to enjoy the sunshine while it's there. Yeah, you know, and it's 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 easy to get caught in the trap of saying, if I don't have some great, compelling goal to drive me every thirty seconds of my life, maybe your compelling goal is to enjoy your marriage, to step back a little bit and say, you know what, I'm married and I'm going to I'm going to love my wife, and I'm not I'm not just going to love it out of some, my wife out of some sort of responsibility we're most of us are mature enough to recognize that mythological man of the 1990s was a joke that the idea <laughs> of like oh it's such a it's such a chore that i need to love my wife it's like get over yourself you pig yep you know it's 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 such a it's like it's it's interesting to see how that mythology has mostly evaporated and this idea of like the 1980s man of like married with children like uh, I can't do anything because I have to ask my wife. Then, like, how would you grow a pair of balls, dude? And like, right. love your wife and and figure that out, and not just love her and like, oh, I just do whatever she wants. It's like maybe you need to look into what that means. Maybe if it's 
that's i mean is i guess it gets maybe i'm getting a little aggressive i should i should i should no 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 i i i agree with it because i i deal with it every day and it, and it is mostly i'm a i'm a younger i hope that my generation is is doing something a little bit different about that because i interact with the 40 and 50 year olds i have a pretty somewhat professional career relative to my age to where i interact with a lot of older uh older folks and stuff like that and even even some people that are my age or um i i I think that it's going away but i absolutely hate it and i am very aggressive when i hear the guys say oh it's just it's just misery it's just misery you know what i'm saying you'll never have sex after you're married or uh you know forget about having to ever being able to do anything with your money uh forget about any of that uh kind of like you said the the stereotypical 90s man or whatever whatever you were saying i I don't i didn't i didn't really live through the 90s so i don't know but um the 90s sitcom you know it's the dudes yeah yeah. i know what you're talking about yeah whatever you know it's the whole stereotype and we're the millers i just watched that yesterday as well um but you know when when he gives the when he gives the lady the type of haircut he wants uh and the guy goes right here you know what i'm talking about that's that's, i have not seen this one oh you haven't seen we're the millers I don't remember. I really don't. That's a problem. Oh, it's it, it's a uh, it, it's it's really fun. Well, I don't know. It may not be. It may not be high enough on the list of pretentious millennial movies. Um, but <laughs> help! Help! I feel attacked. Let me, <laughs> let me find my safe space in my corner. Or yeah. Do it. Play with my expensive toys alone. Yeah. Uh, the, go go to the beanbag and open Lord of the Rings. I guess. Um, yeah, that's my, so funny. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go wear my night vision and judge you from afar. <laughs> uh, they don't. They don't know that I don't like to watch movies. Uh, it's like, dude, we all know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then funny. the commentary is, "Yes, you have. You've told everybody. You wear it on your freaking name tag." Uh, <laughs> that's funny. But anyway, you should you should watch where the Millers because it's it's really funny. They they it's actually I have a. I have this, I don't know if it's an ability or a tendency, but I have a tendency to look through like everything with like some sort of sociological, like analysis lens. Of, you know what I'm saying? We're like what this yeah. really says about the American family. And what is, what's funny is that they're trying to smuggle drugs across the border. And the best way to do that, they figure is to, to create this like hodgepodge family out of Denver with a drug dealer, a kid whose mom left him because he's so dorky, a stripper and a homeless girl. Um, and they all get into the RV and they try to dr- like drive this massive amount of marijuana across the border, and they're trying to make it to like the most stereotypical American family that is that is humanly possible. You know what I'm saying? I know the movie now, and I'm I think I've seen parts of it, but I yeah. don't. I I should look it up, but yeah, <laughs> it's really memeable. It's the one where you know, oh, you know memes, and I know you know memes. Uh, it's where it's like uh. You know, oh, it, she says, I, you're only get, I'm only getting $10,000. And the girl says, you're getting $10,000. i am getting 1000 And it's the little dork kidney. He's like, you guys are getting paid? You've seen that <laughs> meme, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you guys are getting paid? Yeah, it's it's this, it's this that movie. Um, okay. Or the No Regrets, you know, where he's got the misspelled. Yeah, it, it's that movie. So I know you've seen it memed. Uh, but anyway, um, the stereotypical man, I fight that a lot. And um i i what i've said on this podcast most recently we actually have one that i'd like to have you on a, a series is uh one flesh and it's 100 about marriage it's all about how do you find a good wife how do you make her your wife you know how do you how do you find a girlfriend worth being your wife how do you make her your wife and how do you build that marriage and and make it successful and eventually as i have kids it'll be more 
kid and family focused and stuff like that. But uh, I've said this on there multiple times is if you find any dude that, uh, you know, he's like really cynical about his marriage or really um, I'm trying to forget what I say because it was a lot more simple. And now you've got me, you've got me up here. So I'm trying to think of a bigger word for it than what, it, what needs to be said. But any dude that's just super negative about his marriage, don't listen to him. You know what I'm saying? Like if he's giving you all the negatives about marriage, as far as his marriage advice, it's not a dude worth listening to um, unless you take. And I, I always say uh, only listen to him for what not to do. You know, like that's the only reason that you should listen to him. Yeah. Yeah. Look for the truth claims that he's making about what is true about marriage and, 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 and discern for yourself, which one of those are, realities that are unavoidable and which one of those are the results of his actions and his choices exactly yeah yeah i mean i mean there's the are i'm very thankful to not be in the dating game right now um my wife and i have been married for just uh we're coming up here on eight years awesome and so i i kind of got to miss that whole like cyber dating game the whole like tinder really wasn't a thing until we were well into our our dating period so, uh, or at least I didn't know it was, it, it doesn't matter. Um, but there's a certain consistency between, uh, no, I'm sorry, that's not a consistency. I feel bad for the generation now where it's like, so you mean you bought into the lie and now you have to pay the price? I, that sucks, dude. Like that's yeah. rough. You know, you have, you have, I know it keeps coming up on these, you know, social media style channels and conversations about like, women claim showing their body count and they're like i've slept with 300 men in the last 200 days and you're like yeah i don't want to touch that you know yeah. i don't want i don't want it's not it's not about the physicality of it even it's like i don't really want to be in a relationship with you at all and so you know the, there's there's uh, you feel bad for these people but there's also you know, like men in different positions and men and women are different and all these other kind of things but like there is a value to holding to your values and that makes you more valuable to people who hold the same values. And I know I just sound like a skipping record here, but right. It's not easy. I'm not going to say any part of it is easy, but it's worth doing. And that's, yes, that's a hard thing to say. I mean, relationships, yeah. are I wish I could say I was the best at it, but no, I'm not. I'll do my best. No. And, and I, like I said, I do want to have you on cause it, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like you have built a, a, a decent marriage to say the least. Um, and I typically kind of have a, a larger conversation with my one flesh guys that I, that I bring on because I think it's because it is so pointed. And so actually giving advice, uh, I try to make sure that I at least bet their marriage a little bit, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but no, I, you know, marriage is, is kind of difficult and, um, I don't know how I want to approach that. What are we doing on time? We're, we're not really too far yet. Um, you know, marriage is kind of difficult. And I think that, you know, when we talk about the guys that um, are really cynical and they talk about, Oh, well, I have to ask my wife to do this. And uh, you know, marriage is the worst thing ever. The, the, the stereotypical guy that we're talking about uh, there's something, it, it's so funny because you know, they say that, you know, marriage and relationships are transactional, or sometimes they look at them as, a, as something transactional. And to me, it's always like you miss the number one transaction. Like you miss the only transaction that matters, which is giving yourself to your wife for the rest of eternity. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, you know, I think that's I, a really good explanation of it because it is a transaction. You are right. 
there is a, there is something that you're you're maybe exchanging or you're offering of yourself and mm-hmm. and and there is that part i mean i think i understand why people might have an issue with the term it's called it's transactional like this almost gets into this idea of like unconditional love and unconditional forgiveness and stuff but no relationships so, are are transactional in that sense yeah well and and that's what i meant by i think the word is very funny because it's like okay I think when a lot of guys get cynical about the relationship, it's because they do think that it is transactional uh, and they feel like they've been cheated out of that transaction. And what I'm saying is, okay, if we're going to play on the same terms, because I don't think it is transactional. I don't think that in the, in the truest sense of the firm, a, a transaction, I don't think that giving yourself to your wife is a transaction. So you, I think you and I agree on that, that I don't think marriage is transactional at all. But what I'm saying is if you're going to even talk on those terms is you missed like the one transaction that actually matters. You know what I'm saying? Like the the one of where you give yourself to one another. And maybe I'm I'm not speaking well, but my point is that it's like, dude, you 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 saw you've seen your whole marriage as this series of transactions between the two, but the one that probably would have helped you save a lot of trouble of where you actually give yourself to your wife and she gives herself to you, like you missed that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Okay, um, yeah. So uh, we're either going to end up disagreeing or we're going to recognize that our terms are different, I think in this mm-hmm. case. Because relationships, I do believe, are necessarily transactional. And I mean that like there's no way around that. Is that it is that me as a person am choosing to give something in exchange for something. And that transaction may be sometimes written and unwritten, but it's also contractual in that sense. In a contract, it's contractual in the sense of it's an obligation. I am by saying I promise to do something, I am obligating myself into doing something like that, which in itself is a form of transaction. And so we can get a little bit broader, a little bit narrow in the definition of the term. But what I think I would say, what I'm trying to say when I say that relationships are transactional, that they, that there's no way that they are, that is what they are in fact, not in, in description or, or preference is that, is that, a relationship is something where you choose to participate in it and you are exchange you are offering something to the table you are offering something whether it's shelter whether it's kindness whether it's love whether it's i mean there's there's many other things to it and so when you are un you're on are dishonest about what you're bringing to the table or you buy into a transaction with somebody who does not fulfill their end of the bargain that's where we come up with the transaction being made incorrectly. Now, to see it as purely transactional takes away part of what that looks like, and that would be putting the the definition into the wrong camp um, of saying, well, it's just an exchange of resources, and it's some sort of materialistic thing. Like, no, I, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's accurate. I think what I'm trying to say by it being transactional is that by being in a marriage with my wife, I recognize that I am giving up certain levels of autonomy, but I am also well, in, in the existence of that autonomy might be in question anyway, but I'm giving up certain levels of autonomy, but also I am taking on her burdens as my own as well. And so I'm, I, she has to take on mine. She is taking on some of mine, and I'm taking on some of hers. And so the transaction is more than just, well, I get sex and you get marriage, and I get 
wedding dishes and you get a Christmas tree. I mean, I don't think people actually think of it that simply. I really don't. I think some people do and they regret it. I mean, if yeah. you think if you think the transaction of marriage is that you get one thing in exchange for another and that's it, then then I think everybody in the con in the room knows that you're looking at it hyper simplistically. Um, but there is a transaction involved that you are offering yourself, like even in the sense that you're saying, I'm giving you exclusivity to me. Mm -hmm. Um but in exchange for that, you're the only person who gets to you. You will be a person who gets to know me. If you don't hold any exclusivity with anybody, how can people get to know you? It's because part of that exclusivity is what finds out who you are. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think I, I think I uh, got a little far over my skis in trying to <laughs> trying to trying to talk about that. Um, but no, I, I agree. But it's with tricky, said, and that's so. what we have to do. Like we, you and I have yeah. to have conversations about this. Like this is the world that we live in right now. We recognize that I learn things and you learn things when we speak about it, and that's that's the world that we live in. Or we can wait until we have the perfect idea, never presenting it to somebody, and then never get anywhere with it because by the time we have to describe it, we're in the grave or something. Yeah, no, I I I actually really do agree with that. Um, and yeah, so I think, man, I don't know really where else to go um with the conversation in terms of uh in terms of purpose i guess uh, this is what i'll ask what is uh describe to me a little bit of redacted uh culture cast throw in a little bit of how it uh how it helps you fulfill your purpose uh and then what's next sure well if if we we're going to talk about your your subject being the focus of purpose right now redacted is definitely my mission I right. at some at some time I will no longer be there. It will no longer be in existence. That is just it. Maybe it'll it'll either it'll either grow to the extent that we need to, and it'll have to get passed on to somebody else, uh, or it'll serve its purpose and it will go away because we're not a nonprofit that never solves its own problem. <laughs> so it'll. But I mean, at some point in time, one of these three things is going to get happen. It's either going to finish its purpose and or its its mission and go away, um, or it will. So when that is served, it will it will be done, or it will be passed on to somebody else, or you know purchased on, or whichever way is, is the right answer. Or the third thing is you know it'll become a corruption of itself and live on forever in infamy or something like that. But the redacted culture cast is a response to American gun culture, um, and it is a podcast and a presentation on bringing some of that intellectual side into the conversation about guns firearms, violence, and how we understand these things. Many of us grew up as children wanting to slay dragons, and then when we became adults and became skilled in something, we found out that we're just surrounded by cockroaches. And that's kind of a disgusting feeling, because it doesn't matter how many you squish, there's always another one under the rug, unless you clean your house. There's a Jordan Peterson reference. Uh, but the Very point, good. I like it. So the, so, so the objective was, we kind of looked out over gun culture, and we saw I saw that we had we as Americans or especially especially Americans now, um, we had all the physical tools capable of performing things like self-defense. But what we were missing out on is that we kind of neglected the life of the mind for a while. And that's what do we think to be right and true and good when it comes to violence? Not what the lawyers say, not what the pundits say, not what the whatever. It's what do we think is actually right and true and good about this? How do we think about self-defense? How do we think about courage? How do we think about masculinity? How do we think about capability and its relationship to violence? 
if I, or I'm sorry, capability and its relationship to morality. Can weak men be good? These are the things that we I like to focus on as far as bringing guests on, having people come from special operations backgrounds, manufacturing backgrounds, philosophy professors, and, and people who I've engaged in conversation with or who are presenting some sort of argument in a long-form, respectable way to discuss their idea and try to bring it to fulfillment. And so that's the goal of the Redacted Culture cast, is if you take gun culture and you think of us having both, uh, already having things like AR-15s and night vision and plate carriers, we ha if, if I have all of that stuff but don't know what I believe in, I am likely to be a, pulled astray by something that is appealing to my baser senses, or be paralyzed and do nothing, or worse, be defeated by somebody who's willing to take advantage of my better sensibilities and use that against me. And so by understanding what we believe to be right, that is correct, that is virtuous, that is worthy of pursuit, that is true, that is actually true, instead of arguing over barrel length for days on end, maybe we want to gauge in like, you know, I, I can learn this and I can learn that. Maybe I can learn how to be both a recce capable and a, and a CQB capable guy. And being a citizen is just fine. Maybe it's not about these arbitrary distinctions that we place in front of ourselves, but it's really focused on a, adding a little bit of that von Clausewitz and philosophy and reading and some honest, or maybe on it, calling yourself honest means you're a liar, I know. Uh, but some some of this kind of content and so this kind of material into some of the greater gun culture conversation and being that bridge between you know thinkers and shooters, as Travis Haley likes to say, or as uh, I think it's Thucydides that uh, John Lovell brings up every once in a while. Uh, if you're you know if you separate your thinkers from your fighters, you'll be ruled by cowards and be fight it you're fighting would be done by fools that's a horrible way of saying it but it's more of this movement that we're all a part of so that's right the objective the name redacted comes from this idea if you it doesn't matter what you own in your house you can have an ar-15 but if the government knows what you have and they know where you have it and they know exactly how much you have if your enemy or somebody wishing to surveil on you knows what you have if they've already won the information game then you being in possession of that item does not matter if we do not understand why we believe what we believe, and if we do not understand what we believe, no amount of arms can save us from our own folly. That makes sense. So that's where we're at. No, I like that a lot. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it was funny because I was talking with Jared. Uh, I get big ideas occasionally and I like to explore them. Uh, and I was like, man, what if, what if there was this thing that, you know, gun culture right now, I see a lot of the, the shoot, 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 you know, T triple C, uh, you know, get after it type, uh, content. But, you know, I, I think we really need to, to have a more cohesive, uh, discussion on culture. And I just don't really see anybody doing it on a, on a super high level. And he was like, Oh, I already told you about the redacted podcast. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was cool because that's when I was like, actually, cause he did mention it in the episode. Uh, and then after that Aww. I was taught and, uh, he was like, that is exactly. And that's why he sent me your, your number. He was like, here's the guy. <laughs> he was like, this is the guy you need to talk to. Um, and so, I really, I need to, I need to thank him for that. So it's, it's very kind of him. So no, thank, I, I, thanks for asking by the way. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I enjoy having people like you on. And the other, the other place I was going to go with that is when you say that we, uh, we need to focus less on, uh, 
just the violence and and more on what is right and true and good within that violence uh i do want to have a a conversation with you about uh anarchists another time because uh i spent my uh my uh, obligatory uh my mandatory uh two years following anarchist twitter until i just i had to give up and block them all um but yeah anarchist here's the short answer anarchism is like libertarianism is like communism is like any of these other ideas that might be built on some sort of moral principle but in application oftentimes don't work out very well communism doesn't work because it requires absolute voluntary participation and it doesn't work when one person says no the only thing that communists can do is kill that one person because him saying i I don't want to give up my private property because i'm justified in possessing it uh, or it is my right to possess it. Now all of them are like, ah, oh, crap, our idea didn't work. Libertarianism doesn't work as far as a political philosophy in the sense that you can't govern on the basis of no governance. You can't have a world <laughs> rule where the only rule is no rules. Anarchism sounds great until you get your head caved in by a dude with a club. You know, or anarchism is just the anarchism is just the entrance path for some sort of authoritarianism because you know, the empire, you know, what's great for empire, a whole bunch of anarchists because they yeah, need- anarchy, right? <laughs> so like- this is the exact line. I love you saying this because this is the exact line. Cause they would talk about it. And I was like, yeah, your theory is fine until about 2000, Tim Kennedy's roll up and decide that they want your shit. I was like, it that's, that's I mean- when it really breaks down. No, no. Look at look at the United States right now. All of the people who are very good at violence are not participating in it. And thank the good Lord for that. All the people who are really good at like the CQB and the recce and the violence, you know where they're not doing it in the United States. And that is a good thing. We're very thankful that they're not because, I mean, you look at this kind of stuff, you get all these horrible things going on in the world, like school shootings and shit like that. And you want to know the reality about these school shooters is they're bad at what they do. And we are so thankful for their miserable performance. But when you look at it, and I think this is what keeps some people with bad intentions up at night is they are actually wondering what happens if I piss off the people who have both a moral conviction and a capability? Yeah, you might not be, you might, you might not make, you know, and so, you know, it's, it's anarchism doesn't work because we need to have some sort of, we, well, not only do we need it, but there is something called true that we need to be in pursuit of. And, and libertarianism recognizes that individuals have individual rights, but it doesn't seem to be very good at constraining government. And so we need a little bit more than just both of those two ideas. No, that, that makes a lot of sense, man. Uh, I think we've gotten a lot out of this podcast, a lot of good stuff. Again, you, you know, you forced me to, uh, to, to kind of face some of the, the questions that have been surrounding the podcast. I mean, we're, we're two months away of doing this for a damn year and I don't think I've given anybody, um, nearly as good an answer as far as what does it mean to have a purpose? What is a purpose? Uh, how do you define purpose as what you were able to give on this, on this podcast? So I do want to thank you for that. Uh, because again, it's something that I've, I've been struggling with and I, it's funny because I do think that without, um, the only people that can actually seem to answer it to any sort of satisfaction are the people that are religious, uh, the people that find, you know, it, it in religion, which I think says a lot, but I wanted to thank you for that, uh, for, for helping me along in, in that path and giving my listeners, uh, something a little bit more to, to, to understand and to chew on, because I, I haven't done a very good job in that. Uh, but other than that, man, I think it's been a really good conversation. And, uh, you know, I, it's funny because uh, you're very, very similar to one of my good friends that uh, she is also 
uh, a millennial and I won't, I won't speak uh, any, any ill of her because there, there is very little, but uh, she, her favorite book is the Lord of the Rings. And I didn't watch it until after about a year of, of knowing her. Uh, and so it's, <laughs> yeah. And if I asked her if she's seen we're the Millers, the answer is probably what um, she knows the memes, but I don't, she may have seen it, but um, it's just really funny because yeah, your type of people. I, I I enjoy your your type of people, and and it's always a good conversation when I get somebody uh somebody like you around. And I, I hope you don't take offense to that. But well read homeschooled special operations veterans. Wow, we're a very distinct group. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, she's yeah. not a special operations veteran, but uh, she is well read. Uh, we to, can to fix that now. It's a broader, <laughs> it's a broader kind of army. Uh, no, it's, 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 it's hilarious, but no, thank you for coming on, man. I mean, I've been running my show for a little bit of while too, and it's just, you keep going, you figure it out as you go. And it's like, there's so many things. The biggest reason by why people fail Ranger school or any sort of selection is they quit. Like we're talking about an overwhelming majority of people, like, like, you know, like 70 to 80% of the, the, the people who wash out of special operations do so because they quit. Some of them quit very spectacularly and they just say, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And some people quit over days and days and days and days and days. And, and so, yeah, man, you got, you got a good thing going here. I think you're going to continue on just fine. Awesome, man. I I really appreciate it. Let people know a little bit about uh, number one. I I want to run this by you is I think I'm going to name the uh, I'm going to name this episode convicted and capable. I think that's pretty good. Um, I appreciate that. So I, I don't know if you think that's a good name or not, but. I, I I approve of this message. It's very it's very kind of you to give me that title right now. Awesome, man. I appreciate that. Uh, look, give people your ads, and I'm really terrible about doing it at the beginning of the podcast when everybody is listening. So I apologize. But uh, give everybody your ads. Tell them where to find you. Yep. So um, on Instagram, it's at Redacted LLC. Our website, which does include our store, if you can find shirts like this, we do hidden messages. That's kind of the thing. Redacted espionage operations merch always has hidden message everything we try to keep hidden messages as part of the deal so if you know you know kind of as something more than just the exclusive kids club but like learn how to learn how to do a cipher learn how to cipher and decipher codes and and it might go so you might get something out of it um so that's uh redactedllc.com that's the website and then my locals page is redactedlocals. or redacted culture.locals.com redactedculture.locals.com that's the local side instagram is at redacted llc website is redactedllc.com and then i'm active on twitter but i'm pretty sure the handle i'm using right now is at fox row actual i can't remember anymore but twitter is a thing i guess i don't i, 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 yeah. I use twitter <laughs> for observation the most um but Same. yeah you can, yeah so that's that's kind of where we're at yeah, I'm private on Twitter for for certain reasons, but I'll see if I can go, uh, see if I can go find you. I'm actually uh, do you, have you ever heard of Flatline Cavalry? Have you ever heard the band Flatline Cavalry? I I, I know I've heard at least some of their music. Yeah. I just remember what it's anyway, like. doesn't matter. They have a song about the Coyote Roy Johnson, and so my Twitter handle has been at Roy Johnson since 2016, and I very much enjoy it. Hilarious. So. <laughs> because that's funny but anyway so guys thanks for uh thanks for tuning in to forest forest i hope to have you back on uh really you know as as uh as often as you're willing because i think that you've got a lot to offer uh offer my young men that, that listen to this um you know all men of all ages really 
Uh, I think you've got a lot to offer them. Uh, I want to get you know some more pointed topics, maybe set up some more, uh, hey, this is what we're going to discuss and we're going to prepare a little bit to, to discuss that. I think that would be good in the future. Um, maybe help you or maybe have you come in on, on the One Flesh podcast and talk a little bit about marriage. So everybody be staying tuned for that. Uh, go listen to the Redacted Culture podcast. That is Redacted Culture cast. Is that how you say it? Yep, yep. Yep. Awesome. Go listen to the Redacted Culture cast. I know he's got a lot of good people on there. Uh, Jared Arsenault, for one. I know he's interviewed Jared, I think, a couple times. Uh, Jake Knight, he had a good interview with Jake Knight. Uh, I'm going to be listening to his his podcast quite a bit more. Um, so everybody go check that out. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, come back on Wednesday for One Flesh, and then obviously every Sunday for the Purpose Podcast. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>